2: Earlier today, many of you heard on your radio, watched on television, or listened on your smartphone, watched or listened on that or your computer, to the press secretary for President Obama, Josh Ernest, making comments on the confirmation of a 26-year-old woman, Kayla Mueller's death, confirmed death, we believe, at the hands of ISIS. Here's press secretary Josh Ernest earlier.
0: Julie, let me begin by uh, restating something that the President indicated in the written statement that we issued earlier today, uh, which is simply that the thoughts and prayers uh, of everybody who works here at the White House are with the Mueller family at this time. Uh, that includes, of course, Kayla's parents, Carl and Marsha Mueller. Uh, it includes her brother Eric and his family and all those who, uh, who worked with Kayla in her uh, all-too-short life. Uh, she is somebody who dedicated her life to serving others. Uh, and not just serving other people, but serving those who were in crisis situations, uh, who faced dire circumstances and were relying on the generosity and kindness of fellow human beings to try to meet their needs. Uh, And Kayla was a young woman who was willing to put herself in harm's way uh, to try to offer that relief. Uh, She saw this as as a way to honor the God that she worshiped. Uh, and I will indicate that um, I was personally moved by her comments that um, that she saw God in the eyes of people who were dealing with terrible crisis. That is a, a particularly profound wise statement uh, from such a young woman, uh, but I think it does go to the character uh, and generosity of spirit that that she embodied over the weekend. Kayla's parents received a private message from her ISIL captors uh, with additional information about her death. Uh, that information was shared with the intelligence community. They conducted a review and an analysis, and uh, after that analysis was uh, completed, they concluded that Kayla has, in fact, died. And. Uh, The information that they reviewed did not allow them to arrive at a conclusion about her precise cause of death, Uh, but it did allow them to conclude that she had, uh, in fact, died. Was
2: there any information they were able to glean about when she died?
0: The intelligence community did not have a specific assessment about the cause of death. Uh, There are some things, however, that I can share with you about uh, this airstrike that I know that ISIL has referenced, Uh, and this is something that military officials have indicated as well. The... Uh, the airstrike that was carried out by the Royal Jordanian Air Force on February 6 uh, was against an ISIL weapons compound that that group maintained uh, near Raqqa, Syria. Uh, this was a facility that had been struck on previous occasions, and it's not unusual uh, for uh, targets like this to be hit more than once. Uh, in previous strikes, this facility had been damaged, uh, but like I said, it's not unusual for uh, strikes like this to be carried out once again. The information that we have is that, uh, and again, we have this information because this airstrike was coordinated with the United States military, and the information that we have is that there is no evidence of civilians in the target area prior to the coalition strike taking place. Uh, And that certainly would call into question the claims that are made by ISIL. What uh, is not possible to call into question is that ISIL, regardless of her cause of death, is responsible for it. This, after all, is the organization that was holding her against her will. That means they are responsible for her safety and her well-being. Uh, and they are, therefore, responsible for her
2: death. I I have to say, um, this young woman was a Christian. And I have to say that she, I believe, truly symbolized what a Christian should be. She said she saw God when she looked in the eyes of people suffering. To paraphrase, doesn't the Bible say in the New Testament that Jesus says when someone is hungry and you give them food, you're giving it to him? That he is that person, he is in that person? When I was a Christian years ago, I used to think that sometimes when I would see a homeless person on the street I would sometimes give them food or money. Sometimes the response was not what I wanted. But I have to say this young girl uh, definitely gave of herself, as we know fully, her life now to others. The parents of this young Kayla Mueller, 26 years of age, the aid worker who was abducted in 2003 by ISIS, did issue a statement, as you just heard from the press secretary, confirming that their daughter had died. Now this is four days after ISIS claimed she had been killed in that Jordanian airstrike, and you heard what the uh, military and what the press secretary has said regarding that. Uh, the family obviously publicly and, and and certainly privately maintained hope that she was still alive. Now they have not indicated specifically how they knew their daughter was dead. The White House also doesn't tell us specifically how they came to confirm the death. Uh, there are no further details about how she died or how they confirmed both the family and the White House. Uh, this is uh, what Carl and Marsha Mueller wrote from their home in Prescott, Arizona. Quote, we are heartbroken to share that we received confirmation that Kayla Jean Mueller has lost her life. We are so proud of the person Kayla was. And the work that she did while she was here with us, she lived with purpose. Now, there are still questions that remain um, over uh, whether or not the 26-year-old died and, and was killed in the rubble of that collapsed building in northern Syria, um, as the group claimed. But, you know, there are intelligence and military experts that have said she didn't die there. Nobody died there. They knew what their target was and that she was not there at that targeted site a family representative said that the Mueller's received a message from isis their daughter's captors over the weekend it contained additional information which was authenticated by the intelligence community it was deemed credible and there have been no details given they are declining to do so kayla was working in turkey for at least two different aid organizations These aid organizations were dedicated to helping refugees from Syria's civil war. She traveled into Syria by car on August 3, 2013, and was abducted a day later. I was reading about some of the other abductions. They happened within 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, 24 hours. Now, she apparently was traveling with a Syrian man. Some described him as her boyfriend or fiancé, others as a friend or colleague. The man had been hired to repair the Internet connection at the compound used by Doctors Without Borders. They're an international medical charity. Most of you are familiar with them. Uh, They they were asked to do that in the war-struck Syrian city of Aleppo. So he was going there to do something for Doctors Without Borders. If they were dating or good friends, she may have wanted to go along, you know, to help. She likes to be of help as clearly uh, her life has shown. Now, employees of the charity said they were expecting him to come alone. They were dumbfounded when they saw Ms. Mueller arrive with him. At the time, Western aid workers were avoiding travel into Syria because of the high risk of kidnapping. So she definitely put herself more at risk. Let me be clear. I am not blaming her or any victim that takes a risk for journalistic purposes, for aid purposes, or even might make... Poor choices. We've seen that with some people who come close to the Iranian border and cross it, um, North Korea and and, and cross it. There's not like a big, you know, big, big billboard that says entering Iran, entering Syria. You know what I mean? Uh, Now, the pair stayed overnight at the Doctors Without Borders compound. They were kidnapped the next day, August 4th, on their way to Aleppo and the bus depot in Aleppo for their return journey to Turkey. Uh, This is a statement that was issued by the uh, charity confirming this. Now, the Syrian man was released after brief captivity. He has declined to comment. Now, remember, ISIS has released people in the past. We often don't know why. We don't know the circumstances surrounding the release of about a dozen, excuse me, half a dozen of the French hostages that were released back in April. In a letter to her family that was smuggled out of Syria, which the Mueller's shared publicly for the first time today, Ms. Mueller wrote that she had not been mistreated, unlike several of the American and European hostages held by ISIS who have been known uh, to torture uh, their um, hostages, including waterboarding. Uh, by the way, sidebar, this is why we should not torture. Waterboarding. Why do you think they're waterboarding? Because that's what we do. People are calling a congressional member a hero for the nasty things I think he's saying about You know, Guantanamo, like we should be proud of it. And if you look at the description of things we have done in torture and even at Guantanamo, they're very similar to things that ISIS has done and does do. Al-Qaeda has. The Taliban has. You reap what you sow. Quote, everyone, if you are receiving this letter, in Kayla's own words, it means I am still detained by my cellmates but have been released. She wrote in the letter, which is not dated. Please know that I am in a safe location, completely unharmed and healthy, put on weight, in fact. I have been treated with the utmost respect and kindness. Now, we don't know if this is true or if if she was forced to write it by her captors or if she was writing it to keep her parents' fears reduced. Now, the details of her captivity remain blurry. European and Syrian hostages who've been released by ISIS – said they'd been held in cells adjoining hers in a former potato chip factory north of Aleppo, as well as in at least two locations in Raqqa, the capital of the group's self-declared caliphate. Men and women were held in separate cells in both locations, they said, but in at least one compound, they were able to communicate with Ms. Mueller through the wall. In Raqqa, she briefly had the company of three female employees of Doctors Without Borders. They were subsequently released. At the height of the hostage crisis in early 2014, she was one of at least 23 Western hostages, most of them Europeans who were held by ISIS. She and the three medical charity workers were the only women among them. Quote, the women were in general treated well, so said a former European hostage as well, which confirms Kayla's account. They were not overtly abused the way the male hostages were. None of the women claimed to have been raped, fortunately. Um, We don't know why, by the way, ISIS releases some and not others. We know there are aid workers and journalists that have been released in the past, and and we don't know why. Uh, There have been Europeans, there have been women, there have been men from different countries. We even had an American years ago that I believe he's uh, up in Vermont. Um, We also don't hear about how much the United States does do to try and rescue. And, of course, there was a huge came close but failed rescue attempt of James Foley that we have found out more now about in hindsight. I want to talk to you about this issue because this is something that we here in the United States and even the world are talking about today, and I want us to talk about it this afternoon here on the program. I have questions for you, America, and I want you to join me with your answers. Eight 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 six Leslie is the number. Do you think that we have failed these hostages that have been killed by ISIS by not doing more and not doing it sooner. And if you feel that way, what more could we have done? We have heroic Green Berets and Navy SEALs. Are we doing enough to try and rescue these hostages? What more could we have done? 8886 Leslie 8886537543. I mean, there's a reality here, folks. This is not Hollywood. These are not easy missions. We know there was more than one attempt to save Mr. Foley. We know the latest attempt failed shortly before his death. So, have we failed the hostages killed by ISIS by not doing more? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543, are doing more sooner, and what more could have been done? 8886 Leslie. Should the same mentality of no man left behind that's used in the military now be applied to journalists, relief workers, anyone taken hostage? These people are putting their lives on the line to help others when they go into war zones. Pick up the phone and join me. Yet another American has been lost at the hands of ISIS murder. We don't know how. We do know she was 26 and Kayla truly gave her life for others. Have we as a nation done enough of the hostages? Uh, that are there now and that have lost their lives. What else could be done? Should Congress give the president authority to uh, be at war with ISIS? And what should the first uh, what, what should the first thing the president does if he gets the authority from Congress be? And what do you think the first thing he does will be? Eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three. Andrew's in North Dakota line four. Andrew, good afternoon. Hello, Andrew. Hey.
3: Oh uh, well, you know uh, this whole deal with ISIS, and uh, I think it's really sad because you know I think we ultimately created it with um, our uh, attempt to try and make Iraq into a democracy. Uh, but we all know how that happened. You know they have our weapons and stuff. But you know I think ultimately I think now ISIS kind of like shot themselves in the foot by burning that Jordan uh, pilot because now uh, the Middle East is kind of ticked off. So I think. Uh, no.
2: Hang, hang on. Hang on. Hang on, Andrew. Good point. We're going to talk about that with you right after this break. Uh, we are talking about uh, the terrible revelation that yet another American life has been lost at the hands of ISIS. And we're taking your calls at 8886-LESLIE-888-653-7543. 888 thats the number. We are asking whether we have failed the hostages killed by ISIS by not doing more and sooner and what more could have been done. We're also asking if the mentality of no man left behind used in the military should be applied to these journalists and relief workers and others who are in these dangerous areas. Also, should there be a ban on U.S. workers, aid workers traveling to war zones? What about stricter guidelines as to where they can and cannot travel for safety? And should Congress give the president the authority he is seeking to go to war with ISIS in Iraq and Syria? If he gets it, what do you believe his first course of action will be and what do you believe it should be? 8886, Leslie, Eight 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 six five three seven five four three is the number. We were talking with Andrew in North Dakota, line four. Andrew, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Andrew, you said, although it's terrible, obviously, that they burnt alive that Jordanian pilot, I have even said that some good that has come about that is not that it's woken up the Arab world, but it's definitely angered the world. And I don't think people can say anymore that Arabs, these Arab nations, these Muslim nations, the people, the leaders, etc., are on the side of ISIS. We have seen one of the top uh, religious leaders. We have seen a former religious leader of Al Qaeda. We have seen the King of Jordan, the uh, the uh, the new King of Saudi Arabia, the former King of Saudi Arabia, the President of Egypt. And of course, uh, you know millions of the 1.6 billion Muslims nationwide—I mean, not nationwide, worldwide—excuse me—speak uh, against this group. Uh, even you know Al Qaeda folks have said they've gone too far, and everyone agrees that no religion accepts what they are doing.
3: Yeah, you know, I think you have know, a good—you make a good point. Um, so, I don't really feel like America. You know, I'd be okay with Obama getting. Um, Congressional authority because you know I think he did a pretty good job with like Gaddafi, you know we didn't send any ground troops, Uh, we didn't risk any American lives, and uh, as a Catholic, um, I think that war should be a last resort because I'm a pacifist. That's what I that's what I'm supposed to believe according to my faith. But you know I think I'd be okay with Obama um, using uh, his authority, and I'd be you know I think I don't really think we need to be there for much longer, because I feel like the Middle East or the Arab nations have finally woken up, and I think they'll be able to handle it.
2: But should they handle it, or should this be a worldwide coalition to get the job done and sooner? Remember, the hostages, uh, you know, most of the hostages are American and European.
3: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, the that's a dilemma we face. I mean, um, I mean, it's hard for me to think about killing someone, because that's the last thing I want to do. But, I mean... When I think about this, I think about Hitler and him, um, uh, exterminating, trying to exterminate the Jewish population. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how, what the the magnitude of what ISIS is doing. I don't know if it's as big as what Hitler did to the Jews, but I don't feel like America should be doing the brunt, you know, the majority of the work because we have problems of our own in America, you know, we have lots of unemployment we have lots of we have wealth inequality i mean we have many problems and i feel like we should focus on some of our problems as well but try to i
2: I hear you but i mean do we focus on our problems until isis you know has a reach overseas to where we are i mean there are Mm -hmm. homegrown terrorists who definitely have been joining isis now those numbers have been dwindling i know the right likes to you know talk about how uh you know isis is growing and how fast they have grown they have grown fast, but we have in areas, in certain areas uh, that you know of Syria and Iraq, that they once had uh, complete, you know, completely taken over. Iraq, for example, you know there are people that are abandoning ISIS now and you know trying to hide, you know, within the villages because they don't want to be with ISIS because you know the Kurds are, are winning them on the Turkish-Iraqi border, are you know winning over that territory. But other than that, ISIS does have a stronghold. They have their desired caliphate in some regions of Syria and uh, even though it might be weaker in Iraq?
3: You know, this whole thing about um, the terrorists maybe might be able to come over to America, and, you know, I mean, I don't really, I haven't really heard of any terrorist attacks from Al-Qaeda or ISIS except for um, September 11th, and I feel like the majority of terrorist attacks that happen in America are from our own citizens, um, all mentally unstable people who shoot up schools or like the bombing in oklahoma city so i don't i don't necessarily feel like we're at that point where terrorists are gonna terrorize america That's, i mean i don't really think it's that uh, big of a deal as the media is portraying it to be so
2: oh wow okay well i, I think it's a big deal when you know they're, they're constantly killing people
3: yeah. Whether, I whether, they,
2: right. did, they didn't even make demands for this girl's life. We we don't even know by, whether if ISIS killed them. They claimed not to have taken her life. They claimed that she was killed uh, by a Jordanian airstrike and I think we all know even if that is true we'll never find that to be true, right? I, I don't I think mean,
3: we'll... In war you have a lot of civilian casualties, so I mean and that's the risk you have to take with going into war and that's why I, no, I mean I plan on going into the Marines after I like, Graduate college, so I mean, but I want to serve my country and defend my country, but I don't want to go fight um, um, an, an unjust war, and that's when it—that's when we have to find out if the war is just. And I believe that ISIS is a very big threat, and I think we need to take them out, but we need to go in there in a, and find a practical way of dealing with it. Unlike how um, we were misled into the Iraq war, and, we, and many of them are American citizens where um lives are taken so yeah i feel we just need to take a practical approach to this but so that's basically my opinion
2: thank you andrew for sharing it today I appreciate your call 8886 leslie 8886537543 is the number let's go next to uh paul in washington line five paul good afternoon
1: hi leslie um uh, yeah you know this poor girl and uh, <clears throat> and her parents of course uh I don't want to blame the victim. So, in order so I don't sound like a horrible person. How about if I just I'll just disagree with you in terms of how you framed it up and then, you know, you're talk great old battle-hardened and then I won't sound like such a terrible person. But Leslie, when you frame it up as a, she's going over there, she's got, she's a committed Christian. You know, when you're going to help somebody, you're an aid person, the first thing you have to think about. And I learned this when I was back when I was a teenager, and I got certified in life saving. Don't become a victim yourself. That's the first rule. And the problem is when these people start thinking about going to this dangerous area, they've got to think about who are they going to be putting at risk when they become a victim. You talk about Navy SEALs to go over there. Are we doing enough for the hostages? That's putting those people's lives at risk to go over there and save them. And, you know, frankly, um... That's what were what were her parents thinking i know they're devastated but what were her parents thinking when she said you know i'm going over to syria well Kayleigh, wait wait
2: wait wait wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> what do you mean what were her parents thinking that's irrelevant. she's a 26 year old woman her mother well, you know she's not under 18 she's not a child her i pa- understand her parents may say may her parents didn't you know may have talked to her out of uh, tried to talk her out of going but unsuccessfully
1: okay and then when you ask the question do we have a policy of nobody left behind as we do with war? No, because when you go into a, into battle with, with the military, there's a plan. There are contingencies. There are what do we do if. What do we do if this? What do we do if that? What do we do if you are taken hostage? What do you do if you're taken hostage? Those are all contingencies that are not in place when you're an aid worker or a a journalist, and frankly, how much journalism have we gotten out of any of these people? None. All they've done is become hostages, and then they're in the fire. You know, that's the so to speak, and literally, that, that's they've put themselves at risk. And and that, and it's, this is what ISIS wants to do: is inflame the rest of the world so that we will go in there. And for some reason, this accomplishes their goal. Because, well, one thing is, they'll get more Western arms. They'll get more American arms in there. And they'll be left behind. They must be running low on ammunition, probably. I think the best thing to do, honestly, is nobody go there. No food, no people, no medicine, nothing. And we'll see, and after a while, they'll have to see how much they have. You know, we talk about...
2: But wait a minute. You're, you're talking about innocent men, women, and children in Syria, in refugee camps, who the world is helping? We're, we're supposed to stop being human. We're supposed to stop uh, providing resources that we we have to those who are, uh, you know, far far less, uh, you know, able uh, than than we are, or that have uh, so little. I mean, really, if, if people are starving and there's any risk to, you know, a life, nobody should go and help them. I, I totally disagree with you. Uh, okay, good. You're sounding like a Republican.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um... Uh, that I'm doing my job. I disagree.
2: Well, Let them you know, eat the re- cake, are
1: the right? Get, are the resources getting to them, or are ISIS, is ISIS just using them? Well,
2: first of all, we what we hear about the aid workers who are kidnapped and killed, we don't hear about those who are kidnapped and not killed. We don't hear about those released. And we don't hear about all the thousands of aid workers that are not being kidnapped.
1: Mm-hmm. And are there thousands of aid workers there that are not being kidnapped?
2: Yes, there are thousands of aid workers. There really <laughs> and, are. Thousands yes, there? yes, throughout but, the world, absolutely,
1: I, throughout the world. I'm talking about. You know, Leslie, let's look at it. Let's look at the geographics here. This is like a conflict that's going on on the California, Oregon border. No,
2: I know. I know my geography. I it's know where it is. Thing. My, hus- my I mean, husband's this. a member of my husband's a member of Doctors Without Borders. I know a lot about this.
1: Yeah, and the the area. If this were going on down in northern California and southern Oregon, up in Seattle, I'd never know about it. It, would, it, it that's, that's that far removed. It's a small area. And I understand these are bad people. But you know what? This is, you know, here's what really upsets me. This is going to be the excuse to do something when, for the next two years, our Congress and our government will do absolutely nothing. You can kiss President Obama's. A State of the Union domestic agenda goodbye, because we both we both know that none of that's going to go anywhere. So when we both know in the next two years, nothing's going to take place. So in order to look so in order to look like things are going to take place, we can all say, yeah, well, since nothing's going to get done, we can all agree to go kick some bad people's asses. Right. That'll make us No, I, I don't. I, I, do
2: I, I hear you, but I wholeheartedly disagree yeah, you know, was. no, no. Wait. If if we look historically at wars, <laughs> let's just take Hitler, since we all know that war more so than other wars. Oh, here okay. We
4: yeah?
2: If well, no. I'm sorry, but if, I'm not even going to talk about the Holocaust. Or then we can we can add the Holocaust as well. And there is a Holocaust in a sense, genocide going on in Syria by by Assad. Uh, we have we lost, and if not for Pearl Harbor, all of the people in the camps would have died. If not for Pearl Harbor, France would not be France. Italy would not be Italy. Even Austria would not be Austria. Poland would not be Poland. England would not be England. You know, you have to stop. You have to stop a madman in the case of Hitler, or a group of madmen in the case of ISIS. The, before, before you, this is not a time to wait to go to the emergency room with this the, issue. The you know what I'm saying?
1: Of Adolf Hitler. First of all. Uh, Germany declared war in the United States 4 days after Pearl Harbor. So, we didn't have much choice in terms of saying, "Oh, are we can we be friends with these guys?" The capabilities
2: of And you don't think ISIS has declared war in the United States and Americans traveling throughout the world, whatever they may be doing, you don't think that ISIS has declared war on humanity?
1: Oh, I think they're a band of marauders, just like if, if Do you think you... So what do you uh, think?
2: Ignore them and they'll go away. And then if we have a September 11th happen again, then we go, oh, okay, now well, wait, it's time to do September,
1: something. So 40,000 marauders in northern, uh, in, in northwestern Iraq and Syria are uh, somehow the connection is that, well, well, one of them will get over here. Well, I think they have to have... No, no,
2: Paul. Uh, I'm, did, did, did the guys that were training in Yemen... Mm-hmm. That have the f- same philosophy with Al Qaeda, or did have the same philosophy? They're not even as they're not. They consider ISIS bad. Yet two guys took out how many people at Charlie Hebdo offices?
1: I, I thought you said nine eleven. That you still have to get here. You still have to get to the United States. That's
2: take, what I'm talking about. If you have if of- you have two Algerian French uh, Algerian ethnicity uh, French men mm-hmm. trained in Yemen and they yeah. go back to their country, you don't think there are Americans training with ISIS that have the ability to? come back here
1: yeah, or are talking, here? Leslie, let, let, me, let me make another comparison then. You're talking about 12 people who were shot in the Charlie Hebdo offices. We had 20 little kids shot in Newtown. Right. Okay, so they we're talking about different kinds of attacks here. And we 9-11. had
2: legislation that failed, Paul. Huh? And we had legislation that failed, and every time we have a shooting at a school or otherwise, uh, on the scale of an Aurora, Colorado movie theater or a new town, more Americans going buy guns. So well, a lot of good that I, and legislation that
1: would, does. And, and then we'll finish it up here because that makes my point. we got more things to worry about right here. In the well, you know what? You know
2: what? I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I think we can handle both, and I think we need to. Paul, thank you for your call, even though I totally disagree with you today. Uh, we'll be back to your calls after this. Don't go away. And we're back. Let's get to those calls. Go to Michelle in Santa Fe, line one, up next. Hi, Michelle. Good afternoon. Hi, Leslie.
4: I am... Wow. I'm astounded that you're on board with this. I mean, on what basis should Congress or the American people think that Chapter 3 of our Middle East nightmare is a good idea?
2: We have... I'm not talking boots. On the ground. I'm, I mean, I'm not talking boots on the ground. The airstrikes have been successful, oh, but I think matter, we need. I need. You know? I, I do. I, we cannot ignore this. Uh, we cannot ignore ISIS. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, look. I, I I'm a pacifist. I don't like killing any more than the next pacifist. But ISIS is taking human lives, and I, and it's not just because they're American well, lives. so
4: so are um, the Mexican drug cartels. Is Saudi Arabia going to come over and help us with that? Well, this is not a Saudi Arabian problem, and and
2: I'm sorry. No, but but they are an ally, so they could come on over and help us out with that. Yeah, but allies, yes, allies assist one another. But then again, have we asked them to? Well, I'm not sure we've asked them to. Who is more more of a threat to international security and stability right now, ISIS or Mexican drug cartels?
4: Probably, to our national security Mexican
2: drug cartels. I disagree.
4: This is chapter three with absolutely no evidence of any Middle East success, and we're all saying, "Yeah, let's do it."
2: You well, know because... why, why, can, can I ask you something? What,
4: what do you mean, Middle
2: East success?
4: Um, by any measure, do we have success in Afghanistan? No, but we
2: weren't at war. Or with Iraq, Afghanistan. No, and Iraq is no. invading a sovereign nation. And, We're not talking and, about invading a sovereign nation. I would not agree to that. We are talking about, after, with agreement from the leaders of the nations, airstrikes on ISIS, as we have now with our allies, including allies in the Arab world. And I feel that we need to stay on this until ISIS is destroyed. Look at what happened with about, Look at what happened with the Kurds alongside American forces and other forces at the border of Turkey and Iraq. There was success there. So why don't we learn from that success and do and continue course. to do that?
4: You're not talking about staying on this course. You're talking about increasing the effort. No,
2: I'm not. No, I'm, really, really. Stop putting words in my damn mouth. I never said that. Never did. Well, Never but, did. Uh, well, I asked you a question. I'm the sorry, question was, do you cook. think Congress should give the president the authority to— fight isis and if so what do you think he should do what do you think he will do i never said my opinion you're assuming no uh, okay
4: let's just back up if you said what we're doing right now which is airstrikes and assisting is working and is important why is obama going to congress because obama wants to increase no, what we're this doing is another now.
2: example of it's just an easy thing to Google. The president only is allowed, without congressional approval, to do to launch these airstrikes for a period of sixty days. The sixty da- the sixty days is expiring. He is going to Congress because otherwise he would be overreaching his authority as president of the United States based on right. well, our laws. Thank you for educating
4: me. I, I'm sorry that I was ignorant about that. No, that's
2: okay. I'm trying it's okay. to get clear on what it is, So, So what, where, basically said, what he's are basically going. doing, so you understand, oh. he's asking congressional permission to keep doing what we're doing. Is he going to escalate that in any way? He's been clear he does not want boots on the ground. And quite frankly, many military experts say boots on the ground isn't going to work because this is a very... Mobile group, as we know from the movement of some of the hostages thus far, and because, again, of the terrain of Syria, the terrain of Iraq, and we certainly know the terrain of Iraq. All right, I'm out of time.